welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast, where you'll hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. Now here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. I am here today with Joey Wilkes. She is an agent on the Spyglass Realty team in Texas, and they are one of our training customers, and we've heard such great things about you, Joey. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Excellent. Well, Ryan uh, made sure that we talked to you. And after looking at your numbers year over year, I totally understood why, because you went from your first year licensed and in real estate, you were kind of dabbling. And then it seems like this year you just crushed. So I want to know what the change was from last year. Take me back to last year and then let's walk through this year of kind of what are the things that you did to grow your business? Sure. So I have been a real estate agent technically for two years. I've had my license for two years, but that first year I was a single agent in my brokerage. Uh, My family member was the broker and he just allowed me to be sponsored by him. And I did like three deals under his, under that brokerage. And then COVID hit and I was at home, um, not really doing anything, kind of twiddling my thumbs because I was doing real estate part-time and Um, I realized, you know, I have the opportunity right now to jump into real estate and just hit it hard. I have got the time and I have nothing to lose. So I Googled, this is going to sound funny, but I Googled the best brokerage in Austin and Spyglass Realty popped up. And so I um, gave Ryan a call um, and interviewed with him. And I was just so nervous about interviewing because I really was a rookie real estate agent. I didn't know what questions to ask. And by the time our interview ended, he said, are you in? And I just said, yes, I'm in because it sounds great. looks great. And I have nothing to lose. So let's do it. And so from November of 2020 is when I joined um, to now I've done those numbers and it's just been um it's been great. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. So you had last year in 2020, which was a pandemic year as well. So you were part-time and it was a pandemic year. So you did about four sales. And then this year you are already on track for, well, you've already closed 14. And then you were telling me before we started that you've got some already signed. So more under agreement. So that is a huge increase in business. Don't ask me to do math. I can't do math, but from four to 14 is a huge increase. So what, is the biggest contributor to that changeover from the first year to the second year? Yes. So I will say that the biggest contributor is going to be having the training to convert your leads. Because even if leads are given to you, how in the world are you going to talk to these people and convince them to work with you as a buyer's agent or a seller's agent? And I will say it was very nerve wracking in the beginning um, to make these cold calls with these leads that were provided to me. And most of my business has been company leads. Um, But with the training, the Crush It courses, um, just the scripts, and all the information that, you know, is provided just really helped um, convert those leads. So what was it about cold calling that scared you? Well, I mean, you're talking to somebody who 
doesn't want to talk to you. They don't have the time and they don't want to be sold something. And I kind of feel like, well, I felt I didn't know what to say. And I would get hung up on my words. I would feel like I sounded like an idiot. Like these people are never going to want to do business with me because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Um, but, and then that confidence, that yes. lack of confidence is only going to make you worse. <laughs> yes, it, it, it does. And I, after about, you know, and I just stuck to the scripts with what I was given through the Crush It courses. And after one call, if it went terrible, I would just go back to my scripts, go over that in my head and be like, okay, let me try this. Um, and I just worked through it that way. And then you know, kind of like after the 10th cold call, I realized, you know, these people on the other end of the phone are just like you. So just talk to them like they're your friend. Don't try to sell them something. Don't try to sound smart. Don't use big words. Just talk to them and see what their situation is. And from there, um, yeah, my business just increased exponentially. I just relaxed. That's what I did. Yeah. You had the confidence and yeah. you knew what to say or what you should be saying for certain things. And exactly. that gave you that confidence to just power through it. But yeah. at the same time, there's a lot of people that have the scripts and they still don't make it to that level. So what were the ways that you were kind of practicing? I know you said that you would get off a call and like, if it didn't go exactly how you wanted it, how would you kind of pivot and kind of go over it and get better? Right. So I always told myself, well, if that didn't go great, I can only, I'm just going to, you know, keep a positive mindset, number one. Um, and just, you know, just read back over it, see if I've missed something, see if there's just a different way to approach it. Um, and then I think it helps to, to have a great, you know, sales manager who will help you, you know, talk to you in a way like, Hey, why don't you try saying these words or talk to them like this? And, um, it really too kind of pivoted for me when I, um, got to know my broker better and my team, because it made me realize that, um, you know, we're all just people. And I've, I keep saying that over and over, but when you realize like, Hey, we're all just humans, just like, it's not serious, but you, you want to make money. Right. So you just need to relax a little bit. So that's where kind of, I saw the most, you know, the most changes when I just said, okay, let's just redo the scripts. Let's just have some conversations with some other people and then let's try again. So, I mean, the bottom line is too, if they're a lead, they filled something out. Exactly. They reached out in some regard. So they technically did want to talk to someone. Yeah. (laughs) But so good. So what, what are ways that you like, other than some of those leads that maybe you've gotten from the company, what are some of the other places that you've gotten leads and how have you generated those leads for yourself? Sure. So, um, Spyglass is really good about marketing. So I am able to pick up a few leads just from marketing myself, um, through Facebook, Instagram. And, um, I always, make it a point to reach out to other realtors for referrals. 
And I've had some really good referral clients from other realtors in another state. So that's helped me immensely. And I really feel like it's just those relationships that you're creating with your community around you um, through word of mouth too is going to help you. So get on the phone, talk to people, go to, um, you know, go to conferences, go to events. And, you know, that's another way for you. Uh, it's another way that I, you know, kind of refined my conversation skills as well. So you just got to keep in touch with people. Just talk to people. <laughs> yeah. And do you do a lot on social media or are you like emailing them? Are you postcards? Like what is it? How yeah. do you keep in touch with those people? So I make phone calls and on social media, it's usually just, I just post a little bit on Facebook and on Instagram. And I try to keep my stories going on Instagram because I feel like more people are just clicking through stories instead of going to your actual profile. So, and I've gotten some really good, you know, I just noticed that more and more people are watching my stories when I put more stories up. And so that's a view and then using reels, trying to stay on top of what the, you know, hottest social media trend is. Um, it can be exhausting, but you know, our, our brokerage provides really great marketing tools and a great marketing team that helps us with that. So yeah, it's just been through those outlets. I haven't sent out. Yeah, I was just going to say I have not sent out postcards yet, but I'm going to do that. I actually got them in today. So I'm going to head over to the printing company, pick those up. But I plan instead of selling the, uh, sending the postcards, I'm knocking on doors. So I love it. It's yeah. that one-on-one -on -one yeah, person to, to person. To and now that you've, now that you've crushed cold calls, you can do a door knock. Yes. Yeah. And I just, you know, and again, it's just telling yourself, okay, it's either going to be a yes or a no. They can slam the door on. What's the worst that can happen? They could say, stop soliciting or, you know, I don't want to talk to you. Okay. I apologize for, you know, bothering you and have a great day. And then you're going to move on to the next house. So on to the next one. And then yeah. that next one could be the one that's selling it's, tomorrow and exactly. they need you. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and hear from Dave Carolee, the master of objection handling, as he teaches you how to overcome buyer and seller concerns. Okay. So the question we got is what to say when a seller says they're considering working with a friend or family member who has a license, but isn't actively selling, but is willing to reduce their commission. So long question. So it doesn't matter if they're looking to hire a family member, a friend, some stranger off the street, um, who either, you know, recently has their license or maybe isn't full time. You really need to handle that objection the same way. It's all about experience. So I'll tell a seller, okay, let me ask you, Mr. Seller, how many homes has that person sold? Okay, one or two. How many negotiations do you think they've been in? Right, maybe one or two. I've negotiated hundreds of sales and come across pretty much anything you can come across. Did you know, Mr. Seller, one uh, wrong word in a negotiation can cost you $10,000, maybe even more? So let me ask, what's the most important thing to you? Paying the lowest commission or getting the highest sales price? Exactly. Thanks, Dave. Now let's get back to the show. Fantastic. So I feel like you 
are the kind of person that, well, maybe you're not the kind of person originally, but I feel like you have developed the skill of taking no and moving past it. Has that been an easy thing for you or was that definitely one of the most difficult things that you kind of had to overcome? Yeah, that was one of the most difficult things to overcome. Um, just having that confidence, not not letting a no be a confidence crusher um, because, you know, that's what happens to most people is that they hear no and they're like, oh, well, I must be terrible at this. But, you know, it's just one person. Just move on. And, you know, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So, yeah, perfect. Um, yeah. The more practice you have at it and the more times you hear no, the more you're like desensitized to it. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so what other things like what other, you know, have you had support from family, from friends? Um, have they been now like realizing, oh, she's doing pretty well at this? Like what has been the feedback that you've gotten from them? Yes. Um, I've gotten great feedback from my family and friends and they're excited for my success, which, you know, is, it feels great. And they're telling people about me, which helps me be, you know, it increases my business even more. Um, my husband is great about getting the word out about, you know, my real estate business and, um, he's provided me with some leads. So that's always a good thing. And, um, I, have, you know, my very first clients ever in real estate, I thought I would never hear from them again, but I just kind of kept up with them and in social media just a little bit. And they reached out to me and said, we're ready to buy a home. We've done all the work. We just need, you know, to, to see it and we need you to write a contract. So I think it, the more you get the word out, the more people that you have that are getting the word out about you, the better. So again, it goes back to making those touch points, calling people um, and having those conversations with them. What do you love the most and what could you leave out of real estate now that you've had a year, a full year under your belt and you're really starting to rock and roll? What is your favorite and what's your least favorite thing about real estate? I think my favorite thing about real estate is that there is never, ever a dull moment. There's never a dull moment. And I really enjoy kind of working through kinks and working through conflicts that will kind of be like, uh, what is even happening here? But let's just push through it or let me find that answer for you. Um, and helping people to just um, win their dream home. And that's really, that really should be, I feel like at the core of why you want to be a realtor is that service aspect of helping people get into their dream home because that feels damn good, you know, for you and for them and seeing them smile and just be so excited. It's totally and worth what's it. what's your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing has to be... Um, well, I have two. One of them, I don't like cold calling. I really don't, but I do it with a positive attitude and just, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I don't I like, feel like cold that's calling. A, I feel like that's a good message though. Yeah. Even though you've I've overcome it and you've gotten good at it, that doesn't mean you have to yes. love it. You're never going to love that, yeah. but you still have to do it and it's a necessary evil. So you might as well be good at yeah. it. <laughs> and I think the second thing that I don't like about it is I don't like to lose. And so in this market right now in Texas, and I'm sure in your market too, it's really hot. We're intensive. You know, we have multiple offer situations. And when you lose or you come in second, it is just soul crushing almost because you're so close. Um, that's 
those are, I would say those are the two things that I don't like about real estate. I don't like cold calling and I don't like losing. (laughs) Well, I think the not losing aspect of what you don't like is probably going to help you to be a better realtor too. It does. And it helps, you know, refine your offer and it helps for your client to see, um, you know, what a better offer could look like. And, um, before you know it, you're winning. So I love it. So, um, in this market with all the craziness that we have all been dealing with, like it's every market has had this low inventory issue, right? Um, what are some ways that you have been able to get some of those offers won for your clients? Like, is there anything that you think has kind of helps you stand out or, or get it, get it done? Yeah, certainly. So one is just educating the client on, uh, what to expect in when the market's so hot, like you are going to be competing with 10 to 20 to even 50 offers. I've been in a 54 offer, multiple offer situation. Um, and that you need to come in always at your highest, your best. And if you're super serious about it, you have to show that on your contract and you have to show that to the seller. And so it's just educating your client on what that looks like in the contract. We up our option money uh, really high and we make sure that they are comfortable walking away from that should they get under contract and decide to back out. Um, and then we lower our option days, um, which is a termination option here in Texas. We lower that to about, you know, three to five days, which can be really scary. But as long as you're doing your due diligence and you get things lined up ahead of time, you can really help your client win that offer. Excellent. And what, um, you know, as far as this crazy market goes, I'm sure you've had to deal with some buyers and sellers going through some pretty rough times. So how do you manage the emotional side with your clients? What steps do you take to kind of get them through these difficult and and exciting? I mean, even when they get an offer landed, there's still so much to do and it's such an emotional process. So how do you help them with that? It is. And again, it's just telling your client uh, and educating them again on what to expect, walking them through the process of, you know, what, when we get here, we're going to move to this step and then just keeping in touch with them and keeping in constant contact with them because they're going to have a lot of questions. And if they can't get those answered, they're probably going to lose their mind. So it's really important just to stay in constant communication with your clients, educating them on what the processes are. Perfect. What advice would you give to an agent who maybe this is their first year in real estate and they want to, they aspire to be like you and get 14 deals next year at least, right? So what advice do you give to that kind of person that's kind of starting out and in your shoes like last year? Sure. So I think my advice would be call, 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 um, and keep following up because I have lost deals where I did not follow up and somebody else swooped in and got that buyer or seller. Um, I would say have, keep a positive mindset and really think like, For me, I also feel like my success came from realizing that I do have something to prove to my new broker and this company that I am a valuable team member. And I let that push me and drive me because, you know, I don't want to just be a lump on a log in in the brokerage. Nobody wants to be that. Um, So just set your goals, ask yourself what you want, and then take your steps, take the steps to get there. So call, you know, keep a positive mindset, call again, 
and um, just really utilize all the tools and the training that your broker is going to provide for you. Find the best brokerage that is going to do that for you. And for me, I did. And Ryan Rodenbeck and Sonny Tracy and Johnny McCarthy at Spyglass Realty have been the, they are, they are the best brokerage in Austin. So, so you guys all heard that. If you are an Austin (laughs) agent, then you might want to check them out, give them a little plug here. And uh, Joey, I hope that, you know, you had mentioned before that you like to do events and things like that. We have our Crush It event in February. We would love to meet you. So we hope that you can come and join us. Um, It's here in Massachusetts. So hopefully you can get Ryan and come on up here and be our guest up here at the conference. We would love to have you guys come. Joey, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. I know our audience learned a lot from you and I really appreciate it. And I'm going to watch as your sales grow over the next year, I'm sure. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. We hope you've learned some valuable takeaways. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitinre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and you'd like to hear more stories, please share with others. Post on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all the latest from Anthony, you can follow him on Instagram at Crush It In Real Estate on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.